You're listening to The Teaching Toolbox with Brittany and Ellie. Join them as they talk all things middle school. How many times have you walked into your classroom with the thought, I just really can't do this today? You're feeling sad, burned out, or just really kind of blah. Ellie, have you ever felt that way? Absolutely. Me too, definitely. (laughs) And we know there are so many other teachers out there who have felt that way or feel that way occasionally, maybe more so over the last few years than ever before. Welcome to the Teaching Toolbox podcast. I'm Brittany, and I'm here with Ellie. Hello. And today we're going to talk about burnout and depression and how we can deal with those feelings. In the 2021 State of the Teacher Survey, 50% of teachers reported burnout, with 27% reporting depression. The numbers are probably much higher than that, as many teachers will often not mention it for fear of job security or because of the stigma associated with it. In Canada, 40% of teachers reported a high level of psychological distress compared with 20% in the general working population. Mm, So that's that's double. Mm -hmm. During the COVID-19 pandemic, nearly 70% of respondents were concerned about their mental well-being and health. Wow. When stress, burnout, anxiety, and depression among teachers, a scoping review was done in 2022, they reviewed past surveys completed by teachers throughout the years. You know, you all know those surveys you have to do at the end of the year mm. or about maybe three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. And they reviewed those surveys and they found that 45 out of 70 studies showed that depression was an issue for teachers. Stress was reported in 34 out of 70, while burnout was in 32. Anxiety was just over a third at 24. Wow, that is high. But besides the burnout and depression related to your job, you might also be experiencing sadness or depression because of events in your personal life. Maybe you've lost a parent or someone close to you is ill, and that can make it so difficult to walk into a classroom full of students and act like nothing's wrong. When my father passed away, I was teaching second grade at that time. He passed away on December 13th, which interestingly is the day that we're recording this, so 20 years ago today. And I think I was out of school until after the winter break. So I had a little bit of time before I had to go back to school. And when I went back, I felt like I just needed to be on for the kids. I didn't want to make them sad. But sometimes, you know, we act our way out of the sadness. But that's not always possible when we're feeling the stress and the burnout and the depression. So what do we do when things get really bad? When you're searching out help for things that are really bad, you've got some different steps that you can take. I have dealt with depression, chronic depression, since I was nine years old. Mm. And so I know the road you have to take and can take 
And so the first step is to talk to your primary care physician. They're trained to deal with this and they can diagnose you. They can lead you to others who can help you like a psychologist, a therapist, a psychiatrist if needed. Your primary care physician can prescribe medications or they can send you to a psychiatrist who can prescribe medications as well if you don't mind taking medications for depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. You could search the website Psychology Today. This website helps you find therapists in your area according to all different kinds of filters that you can put into place like gender, race, religion, LGBTQ+, areas of trauma, that kind of thing. You can also use the app BetterHelp to find a therapist in your area. You might have seen their ads on social media like Facebook and Instagram. That It's a lot like psychology today, but they help you find a therapist in your area through a series of warm and inviting questions. Hmm. Okay. If you're not ready to go public with things just yet, then we have some different coping mechanisms to help you get through the tough days. You could use a mood tracker to help you see if you have any patterns or underlying causes relating to the way that you're feeling. And a mood tracker, it can be as simple as a grid of months and days that you color in based on your mood. Brittany, I know you use um, or you have used a mood tracker, correct? Yes, I love the app Dalio. Okay. It's D-A-Y-L-I-O. It's a paid app, but it lets you track anything and everything in your life. Mm. You can track how much water you drink, how much exercise you get. You can track what foods you eat, how often you eat, um, how much you sleep. You can track everything. And it also lets you track your mood. So you can start to see patterns in your life. Um, like maybe you didn't get as much sleep and then you're more sad or more depressed that day. Or you ate a heavy meal the night before and that has you more sad or depressed or tired the next day. I notice a lot that food does have a serious effect on me. There are times. Um, I, I had Cheetos the other month and I hadn't had Cheetos in a really long time. And I had two or three days in a row and then noticed that shortly after I had them, I was angry. <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> is wrong with me? And I'm pretty sure it was related to the Cheetos. So that's a great thing to be able to think about and track that that can have a big effect on on mood potentially. That's so interesting. And the Dalio app gives you monthly reports based on uh, what buttons you've pushed and what you've clicked. Okay. And so you can really see uh, those patterns and observations and what you've what you've done throughout the month and the different days of the week. It's really cool. So we can have a mood tracker. We could get into some different hobbies, try to find a hobby that is peaceful, calm, relaxing, something that brings about tranquility for you. Things like maybe coloring or reading, crocheting, which I love to crochet, <laughs> um, needle felting, maybe gardening. It's great to work in the dirt. So there's something about working in the ground that just gives you a different kind of feeling, kind of lifts your mood and connects you to the earth. Yes. 
Maybe you want to learn to play an instrument. You know, there's something that you always wanted to learn, something like an instrument or learning to dance or different ways like that, that you could express yourself. I know when I play the piano, you know, it's not just playing the notes. It's it's an expression of of your feelings and it can actually help get some of those out, you know? So maybe try to learn um, a, an instrument or start some kind of hobby. I know it's hard to get up and get going when you are depressed or Mm -hmm. anxious or burned out. So anything that you can do to just move is a good idea. Uh, Meditation can be another coping mechanism that helps you feel better on a bad day. You can use an app like Headspace or Calm, or you can just do it yourself if you're more experienced with meditation and what it involves. I've actually started meditating Every morning when I get up, it's one of the first things that I do to try to just get my mind in the right place. (laughs) Going outside and getting into nature is a great thing to do when you're feeling down, just like the gardening kind of connects you with, with the earth. Being outside in nature can connect you as well. So you can take a walk, just sit and listen to the nature, listen to the birds, sit by the water, listen to the water. Try to find different things, perhaps like a pine cone or a nest or a yellow leaf, a purple flower. Get your focus on something outside of yourself. Um, Nature, and especially the color green, can help bring about a sense of calm and relief. So um, anything you can do outside is great. And any kind of movement, like Brittany said, is really helpful. So if you can do a little bit of yoga, even if that's inside or outside, or just walking, um, just moving can sometimes help you from slipping um, into sadness or farther into sadness, perhaps. Another technique is called grounding. And you can ground yourself if the anxiety or depression has gripped you hard and you're you're kind of spiraling. Um, try grounding yourself. And this is a technique that there's different ways of doing it, um, but it involves using the fingers on your hand. And for each finger, you're going to find something. So you're going to find something you hear. Then you're going to find something you smell. Then you're going to find two things you see. Find something you can touch and then bring the taste into it if you can. Find something you can taste, but that's a little bit more difficult. Another way you can do it is you can also count down with your fingers. You can do five things you hear, four things you see, three things you can touch without moving, find two things you can smell, and then one thing you can taste. This technique stops your brain from spiraling and overthinking about things and instead gets you to think about the little things, gets you to think outside yourself, um, gets you to think about just the moment that you're in and helps you calm down, slow down, and focus on the here and now. So again, there's several different ways to complete this technique, so you might hear about it from a therapist or a psychologist. Um, And it might be slightly different, but that's how you want to do it is with your fingers and just slowing down and focusing. I've heard the the terminology, but I haven't haven't tried that before. Yeah, I use it quite a lot. I go I go sit outside on the on the porch and then I I ground myself and helps quite a lot. So you put yourself in nature at the same time. Yes. And uh, of course, everybody deals with different levels of feeling. So some of the things that we're talking about might be perfect for you. Some of the things might be better than others, but we're trying to offer you just 
some different ideas so that wherever you are, you might find something that is helpful. So one of those things could be taking a nap. Naps are a great way to get out of a, you know, through a rough moment, let your body re-energize and um, help you to prepare to deal with um, the issue or, you know, re-attack <laughs> whatever is, is happening or, you know, just again, energize you. Statistics say 66% of teachers have a hard time with classroom management, whether it's seating, personalities, time management, noise, or something else, classroom management can be tough. By using time-tested forms, fun games and activities, interactive materials and plans, and celebrating successes of all types, you can become a classroom management ninja and stop being a part of that 66%. Check out the category Classroom Management in the Colorado Classroom Store on TBT or join the Colorado Classroom Classroom Management Newsletter by grabbing a digital mental health check-in form at thecoloradoclassroom.com shop. Soon, your classroom management problems will vanish just like the ninja in the night. I love naps. That's another technique I use quite a lot. I'm going to go off the tangent a little bit and explain something. My daughter heard of this through TikTok, hmm. and it's something that we use in our house all the time now. But it's the philosophy that every morning you wake up and you're given a certain amount of spoons. I don't know why it's spoons, but just go with me. It's spoons. So some days you wake up and it's you can just feel from the moment you wake up it's a rough day you only have 3 spoons and other days you wake up and you feel like energized and ready to go you have 10 spoons that day you know so every day is a little bit different you just you wake up and you have a certain amount of spoons so you assess it in the morning and you can feel the spoons how many spoons you have and then everything you do takes away a spoon so Getting up for a depressed person, it's hard to like get up and do things. Mm -hmm. So getting up and taking a shower takes away a spoon. You know, brushing your teeth might take away a spoon. Um, going out and making breakfast and actually like cooking something or whatever takes away a spoon. So if you only had three spoons, you might be done for the day. You might feel exhausted and out. So you might need a nap right then to re-energize and get some more spoons back. Or you might need to go ground yourself and get more spoons back. And so doing one of those techniques that we talked about that helps calm you, relax you, re-energize you, gets you more spoons back. Mm. And then you have spoons for later in the day to accomplish other things. Okay. And so if you wake up and you have 10 spoons, you can go through more of the day before you need to take a nap or before you need to color for a while. Interesting. So do you think, and this is just conjecture, I guess. Yeah. If you wake up with three spoons and then you go and, and do one of these mechanisms first, would it cost you a spoon or would it end up giving you more? I think it would give you more. Okay, I woke up with three, but then I went for a walk outside. So now I maybe I, I have two more or I have another one. 
Yeah. To help me get farther through the day. Exactly. Yep. Like this morning, I think I woke up with probably about six to seven spoons. Okay. And then I immediately went and got a massage. So Mm. I think I'm up to about 12 spoons right now because that massage was really good. Yeah. So I feel really good for the day so far. I think I'm going to get a lot done today. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, I'm feeling really good today too. I got up and I meditated and then I worked for a while and then I exercised and then I went out and took my dogs for a walk so I was outside. So I've been feeling really productive today. So I've kind of alternated, you know, some of those mechanisms with work. Interesting. That's a that's a great concept to self-assess like that. So we use spoons in our family all the time. So even my husband, who's not a depressed kind of person, will say, you know, I'm just out of spoons today. I'm going to go take mm-hmm. a nap. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's great that your whole family then can relate to that and everybody understands that. That's awesome. So these are some great ways to cope that we've talked about. If you have ideas to share with us, please feel free to send us a DM on Instagram and give us some more ideas that we can share. Um, Remember, you aren't alone, and it's important to take care of yourself and reach out for help when you need it. Check out the show notes for the article we mentioned, and we'll also include links to the various apps we talked about. If you want to see some some of the coping mechanisms in print and also read about my depression story, you can check out my blog post. We hope you heard a few new tools you can add to this aspect of your teaching toolbox. We'll see you next time. Bye. You just listened to The Teaching Toolbox. Follow them on your favorite platform for more episodes and share it with a friend.